Good morning, folks. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd. My name is Josh Boykin. I am the founder of IntelliGame.us. Welcome to another edition of IntelliGame Radio. It's official, you might not be listening to this on Anchor FM. And given, I hope that you're listening on Anchor, but if you are new because you're listening to this through iTunes or the Google Play Store or wherever you get your podcasts, welcome to IntelliGame Radio. And also, thanks to the Anchor team for putting together the functionality to make it so ridiculously easy to create a podcast. This is fantastic. Intelligame Radio is the podcast arm of Intelligame.us, a game culture and criticism site that I founded in 2015 to provide a space to have discussions about games and the world around us. I haven't spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about sort of the background or the history of Intelligame, so I want to take a little bit this morning to start off with that. I started as a game journalist in 2009. I was writing for a website called 411 Mania, and my uh, friend Adam Lark actually gave me the opportunity. And since then, I have written for miscellaneous websites, doing sort of news reviews, editorials. I've written for 411 Mania, for Popsara, for uh, GotGame.com, where I currently still write as a senior editor. But I found that, as I was working for those different sites, that I wanted there to be a space where I reliably knew that there was a place for discussions about games in a deeper context. Though doing news reviews and editorials, it was important, it felt important, but I would sometimes felt like if I need to have a discussion about how this game relates to my blackness. How do I have that discussion? Does that really fit on this site? Am I going to have to justify my, you know, my positions or my methods? And frankly, I just I didn't want to do that. I wanted there to be a space where I could say the things that were on my mind, not just about games mechanically, but also how they related to the world around me. And my hope was that if I started my own site, that it would become a place where other people could share their thoughts and their ideas and discussions as well. So Intelligame was born in late September of 2015. It's approaching its two-year-old birthday, and since then it's, like I said, it's grown. And it's really exciting, particularly to be here on the podcast, on Anchor, where I've been able to get so much feedback and have really great discussions by having people use the call-in function. My goal really is to create a space where there's a constant dialogue around games. That when we're playing games, whether they're new and just came out a couple days ago, or old titles that we thought we loved forever, like L.A. Noir, that we have a chance to share those experiences and the discussions that come as a result so that we can grow from them. So. In this podcast, which may be a little shorter form than you're accustomed to, 
we will daily have discussions about what is happening in games and the things that are interesting to me, but also hopefully the things that are interesting to you. So anytime that you have a question or a comment or want to hear more about a particular subject, you can use that Anchor FM call-in function. I love to hear your input and would love to be able to make that part of the discussion. There are also tons of other ways to get involved in the IntelliGame community, and you'll hear that in our little pickup runner later on in the show. But in the meantime, thanks so much for being here and uh, looking forward to the future. Increasingly, political rhetoric seems to be dialing up the idea of conflict between the US and Russia. This is not the first time that this has happened, and this was a trend that was beginning even before the election. But now with discussions of meddling in the recent US elections and corruption in the Trump administration and any number of other events that are impossible to keep up with from day to day, there's this this concept that at least in the American media seems to be staging everything in these two camps. Is it good for Russia? Is it good for the US? This is not the first time that I feel like I've encountered this rhetoric and I particularly think it's interesting when we can have these discussions or these sorts of immersions into experiences in games. A great example of this is Twilight Struggle. This is a board game that actually places one player in the role of the US and the other player in the role of Soviet Russia. They battle back and forth over the course of 10 turns, which are meant to represent 10 years during the Cold War. The objective is to gain more influence on the globe than the other player. Instead of getting a score for taking a certain action, you gain victory points that slide you either further towards victory or you lose victory points that slide the other player towards victory. So instead of it being the first to 20, it's the first to be, I believe, 15 points further ahead than the other player. This gives this sense of a sort of tug of war, a constant back and forth sliding of advantage. And though of course the game is only won, when you get that last point, you can feel the tension build as you watch the points scale further in one player or the other's direction. Each action in Twilight Struggle is motivated by a card played from the player's hand, and each of those cards is tied to an actual historical event. So it's interesting because it gives you an opportunity to be immersed in some of this Cold War experience and history because you're reading the references to Winston Churchill or NATO or Nasser or Charles de Gaulle, uh, de Gaulle leading France. Each of these things has a, a direct tie and generally a photo that you can look at that gives you this immersion in the feeling of the Cold War. But again, all of this does drive back to the idea that Twilight Struggle is a two-player game. The only players, the only people who have agency, the folks who are calling the shots, are the US and Russia. And though the rest of the world is embroiled in conflict, 
the only folks who get to call the shots are the U.S. and Russia. Twilight, uh, Twilight Struggle makes for a great board game, but it feels like terrible foreign policy. Because in the midst of the various rebellions that come up in the game, you, you hear about the Cuban Missile Crisis and Che Guevara and any of these other folks who are standing up for things in their countries. It all just boils down to, did the U.S. win or did Russia win? And in a world that is increasingly globalized, where we have more connection with the world around us, where we can see the stories that our, other people are going through and have a better understanding of how to make, hopefully, the planet a better place for everyone. I feel like the strategy of Twilight Struggle needs to remain in a board game. That said, I understand that the, the nature of geopolitical conflict is much more complex than that. And so, though military and governmental figures will be doing things that are individually best for their country, I hope that eventually we can get to a point where we frame discussions outside of the realm of just, is this good for Russia or is this good for the US? But maybe we can start, particularly when it comes to incidents like climate change, that we can come up with what's good for the globe. And maybe if we can take care of some of these issues that are inherent to all of us, then we won't have to deal with another 10 years of Cold War. Or what comes if we don't have the Cold War and instead have actual war. Again, I missed Game of the Day. So, to catch up, yesterday was, again, Fortnite. I actually played for the first time with other people I knew. A streamer friend of mine, Amber, who goes by Cup, F-O-R-S-T-Y-C-U-P, on Twitch, is a, uh, is a streamer who is, is partnered, and actually also works for Twitch, but is uh, was playing some Fortnite, and I managed to jump into a party, and we got some rounds in, which was a good time. Now, we didn't end up doing any voice chat, but it was still nice to have some sort of cooperation via the text-based chat in the corner. We were able to coordinate a little bit on the bases that we were building and the various types of missions that we were going to take on. But for some reason, the game, though I am still interested in playing it and I'm still having a good time, it doesn't feel as exciting as I hoped to work with another group of people. It might be, again, because I haven't reached any of the particularly difficult levels. Uh, Amber was still fairly early in, and so the missions that we were taking on were below my level. There weren't very many opportunities where I was near death, and it seems like near death situations are the places where I thrive in gaming. Tetris, if you watch any of my Tetris replays, that's a pretty keen example. So, I'm sure that we'll be continuing on with Fortnite, but that is game of the day 22. Ah, but what about Game of the Day 23, you ask? Today's Game of the Day? We're actually recording today's Game of the Day today. For those of you who are new to the Intelligame podcast, I have been going through an attempt to document 
a game that I have played for me, not for work, but for me, once a day, every day. Now, I have not been super persistent about it, and there have been a couple of times that I've had to do catch-up editions of Game of the Day, but today, right now, we're doing today's Game of the Day. It's, it's exciting for me. I hope you can hear it in my voice. Game of the Day 23 is Divinity Original Sin. This is a game that was released originally for the PC, but then also released to consoles, and allows up to two players to roam in a fully turn-based RPG setting. You play as source hunters who are tracking down this source of magic that seems to be causing corruption in the world. It's a big, fairly open-world RPG, and it is a what is typically referred to as a CRPG, or a computer RPG. This means that it is exceptionally complex, very deep. Uh, typically, CRPGs have an isometric camera, so that means that they look from above and kind of tilted to an angle, uh, so that they're, it's easier to see sort of landscapes. And CRPGs also tend to have very deep story structures, lots of moving parts, and tons of lore to take in. And usually, this kind of game is a single-player experience. But Divinity actually allows two players to play on the same screen. So the two players can run away from each other, and the screen splits, and the two players can act completely independently. So it was kind of fun to have my friend Ruth come over, and we got some Taco Bell, and we just hung out and ran these quests. Now, it's not exactly a accessible RPG, but it is really interesting because it offers this unique experience of having two players both dive in to a super deep story-based world. It also gave us the opportunity to develop our characters in ways that sometimes d directly oppose each other. So even though the two source hunters are working together to uncover the evil, they don't always have the same opinions. And in fact, when they engage in dialogue with either other characters in the game or with each other, the choices that we made for those characters affected their stats. There was one point where Ruth tried to uh, or accidentally ended up stealing a piece of something from somebody's house and got chastised for it. It actually popped up an opportunity for the two of us to engage in dialogue with each other. Her character said, well, I'm a source hunter. I should be able to use whatever I need to. And of course, I had my character say, well, if it's not our property, we shouldn't take it, blah, 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 whatever. So anyway, her character got a point added to egotism while my character got a point added to altruism. So it's just an interesting, kind of unique experience that we were able to share with each other in a game that has a very deep, involved storyline and likely tens if not hundreds of hours of content to possibly explore. Um, we're just scratching the surface, but it was fun to be able to share that experience. If you've been playing a game, if you have a game of the day that you'd like to share with the IntelliGame audience, all you gotta do is use the Anchor app and hit that call-in button. And maybe you'll hear your game of the day right here on the air. Well folks, that does it for today's edition of IntelliGame Radio. 
I've been your host, Josh Boykin, and as always, it's a pleasure to spend some time with you. You can find me on Twitter at Wallstormer, and you can find Intelligame on both Facebook and Twitter at Let's Intelligame. Now, here's a special preview for tomorrow. On Thursdays, we do Let's Intelliplay, our weekly live stream from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. And tomorrow, we'll be streaming Tacoma, the new narrative adventure game by Fulbright Studios, the folks who did Gone Home, which was a really big indie darling. I'm really looking forward to taking that on for the first time. It did just come out on Tuesday, and the folks over at Fulbright were nice enough to go ahead and give us a copy. So I hope you'll join us for that stream. It'll be at twitch.tv slash letsintelligame. And again, that'll be from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. So until then, keep IntelliGaming.